Well, hey, good morning, everybody. <laughs> good to see you. Thank you. If you don't know, if you're like, who's this guy up here? If you're new in the last three months, my name's Eric. I'm the senior pastor here at Calvary. And uh, it has been a great time of sabbatical this summer. So I have... Maybe some of you haven't noticed. You're like, oh yeah, Eric seemed to be off the schedule for a while. But uh, no, I've been off for the last three months in a time of sabbatical and time with the Lord, which uh, is like so interesting and kind of cool for us as we talk about life with God, uh, not just a life for God, but a life with God. That's actually kind of the heart even I think of what a sabbatical can be for a pastor to remind me that my life is not a life lived for God, but a life lived with God also, right? And so it's so important and such a gift. This summer, was a, uh, I just want to say and start with just thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It was, I feel like I have to like, I, I'm just trying to like a little bit, I'm not trying to like hide my emotions, but I just don't want to get all blubbery and bally today. <laughs> but I feel deeply emotional about the time that I had because it was so rich with the Lord. And so I'm grateful I'm grateful to you. I'm grateful to the team. Grateful to our, our pastoral staff and all the people that preach this summer and to our elders as well. And just to all of you. So for that time, it was, it was really great. And um, there's like an expression that I think like is a, of settled trust. A sense of settled peace with God that came from that time. Uh, a sense of deep contentment with the spirit of God. And that life with God is really what, what matters most, more than anything. And so it was a, a wonderful, wonderful time. Uh, we, we did all, a host of things. I mean, it was kind of, it's wild. It's been a long time. Like, I mean, I, I, I went, I, I preached, I think it was June 6th or 5th or something like that. It was my last day speaking here. And then the next week I went and did the whole Iron Man thing. And that happened. And I did it, thank God. <laughs> and it was a brutally hard day. Uh, it was kind of like the weather has been this week, like in the 90s and 80% humidity or something like that. And just such an intense day. But I went from working, you know, you're kind of working hard. And even, you know, when you're working towards being gone, maybe if you're working towards being gone on vacation or something, it kind of get, it like ramps up kind of crazy and then you know and then you're able to to get away uh and so it was like that plus training six days a week for iron man and all that and then i finished the race and then it was just like boom down to nothing no work no training i definitely did a sabbatical from training this summer as well and enjoyed the great foods of our country uh and other all the countries of the world uh, <laughs> and so but uh but that was almost like a detox, like withdrawals of, from busyness, from tasks, from life, from people even. And so going through like a little bit of time where that was just um, like kind of going through that, like literally like I'm like a rehab detox of busyness. And then spending that time with the Lord. And then uh, we did like my wife and I, as part of like sabbaticals too, we did a, like a four-day intensive marital enrichment retreat with a mentor couple and us and just diving deep into our marriage and God working in us in some really great ways. So it was beautiful and able to spend some time in that. Went to Europe where it was primarily um, with Greater Europe Mission. This missions agency was kind of the reason we went to Europe. Uh, and then we 
we surrounded that time with uh, some great vacation and then as well as some time where I was just alone with the Lord. And so all the rest of the family flew home and then I just spent a week alone with God up in the mountains of Switzerland and God did some deep, uh, deep work on my soul there just in awe of his wonder and his beauty. And I felt like God was speaking to me there of just Eric, I want you, you have, you have made love, love like for God and love for his people, like what is kind of like what you say is the first priority. But what I want you to do is not just love me, but receive my love for you, to be loved well. That was a huge thing that God was doing in me and speaking to me in the, that time up in the mountains. And it's so easy sort of have these, these sorts of times when you're looking at some of the most beautiful, majestic views that I think exist in the world. And uh, God was speaking to me in that way. And it was cool, though, because when I went down from the mountain, I went into this town, and I was just sitting in a cafe, as you do, in Europe. And I'm, like, watching people walking by, and I felt God speaking to me and saying, look at these people walking by. Look at each of these people walking by you and see them as much, as beautifully and wonderfully made as you saw those mountains and those canyons see them for this wondrous creation that I've made, and then see you all. I felt God speaking to me to see you all as that as well. And it was such just like a sweet gift, I feel like God was saying to me and speaking in me of like, this is the beauty right here, the beauty of what God has made and what God is doing is this, this rich family. And so there's so much that I would want to share about, but really like a lot of what sabbatical is, is, is time alone with God. And so I had time alone here on the hiking trails of Orange County and time alone on my chair in my living room and time alone in this little shady spot in my backyard and time alone in Switzerland. And it's interesting that today as we talk about, like, as we talk about life with God, we're going to talk about solitude and we're going to talk about solitude and community, our need for both. And so as we get into this whole series, though, even just some more kind of preparatory stuff, uh, like, when we start to think about this, like, spiritual practices and a life with God, we have to start by saying, okay, Lord, I start this with saying I am willing to have my mind changed and my life changed, the way I live my life. I am willing to say that the way I think and the way I live might have to change because of the things I will hear from your word or from the experiences that I've had with him or even with some of the great um, sort of fathers and mothers of our faith over the course of the centuries as we learn from them as well. And so, like, we have to start there. That following Jesus requires us to recognize that the way I'm doing it now, the way I'm thinking and the way I'm living might need to change, right? Can you just start with that? Because I think a lot of us are like, no, no, I've been doing this and I, I know what I'm doing. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. But no, maybe God has something new for you. Maybe God has some way that you need to, to, to change. And that was even on my sabbatical. Some of the first stuff God was teaching me, I spent time just alone in like kind of the first couple weeks really thinking about um, 
really thinking about this notion of the fear of the Lord. I had preached on the beginning of the Proverbs series and I was thinking about the fear of the Lord as the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of what this is to be a follower of Jesus. And, and God was saying to me, like, this is what matters most, to fear me. And it's not that like cringing from him like, like he's some abusive father kind of, kind of fear. It's not that. It is a fear of the Lord that says, I submit myself completely and wholly and fully to you, God, to your will, to your way, that you are God and I'm not. I don't determine my steps. I don't determine what is right and wrong. You do, God, and so I submit myself fully to you. And I felt like God was just speaking to me of that, of Eric, everything that I'm about to do in you, fully submit yourself to me. Start there. And so you have to start there when you're considering your faith, how you live, how you practice your faith with a fear of the Lord that submits to him. And a recognition that a lot of this is actually like kind of a, a road to simplicity, okay? A road to saying, I'm gonna strip away like everything that I've added to this, all the other things I'm so worried about, about my, my own life, my family, my work, what's happening in our country, our world, whatever, and say, Lord, I just want to start just to say, I'm going to simply follow you, Jesus. And I probably need to simplify a lot of things to be able to do that well. And so, like, let's be thinking about that. And then these spiritual practices or what we've often called spiritual disciplines help us to do that, to practice that, to have the discipline to do that and to do that well. And so let's start here with solitude and community. And we need both. We need solitude, we need time alone with God, and we need rich, good time with one another. Right, so even just kind of some of the way the Christian faith sort of begins. We meet Jesus, we become a, a believer and a follower of Jesus, and then we have to have somebody that's sort of helping us along the way, right? We have someone that is discipling us, or we are an apprentice, or they're mentoring us along the way of what this means to follow Jesus. So we start with some people in our lives helping us, but then we need to go into solitude, into just time with God and with him alone. And then we come out of that and then we can engage in community. We can engage in service. And so we need, we need both. We need all of it. We can't just be monks that go hide out and, and just only spend that solitude time with God. We have to engage with our world. But I would say that it's sort of uh, easy and likely for us to have, like, to be in a crowd, and it's easy and likely for us to kind of even feel isolated and alone at times, but neither of those is really the way. And so let's, let's begin to dig more into this. So first of all, we follow Jesus's example into solitude and community, okay? So I'm gonna talk a little bit more about like kind of what I do and how I do this and what my experience has been of this. But first, let's just kind of see some sort of biblical um, references for this. So Mark 1.35, and there's a ton of verses, there's several of these, these moments that we see in the gospels of Jesus being an example of, of saying, I gotta get alone. And it says this, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Right, So Jesus led by example in this way that he knew he was around these crowds, he was around his core community of his disciples, but he knew he had to get away to go be alone with the Father. 
Now, that's God himself in the flesh needs to do that. So just don't ever think that you would possibly be exempt from that in some way. That is God himself in the flesh needed to do that to connect with the Father. And so you see that there. You see that here in Mark 14, 23. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. And so Jesus lives out this example of he's in community, he's also in solitude. And kind of like I was saying, like, community does not equal crowds. We are easily thrust into moments where we're in a crowd. Our lives are constantly lived around people. This room is a crowd. This room is not community. That might seem like a a strange thing to you. This room is not community. This room is a crowd. We have to get ourselves into smaller, um, like smaller groups and smaller ways that we're living this out. And also solitude does not equal isolation. A lot of us feel alone or feel isolated. That's not what God's talking about. When he says solitude, that's not good. That's We don't want that to be happening in your life. We want to be a community that is there for you, that we are there for one another, that we come, we are calling people out of that kind of solid or that kind of isolation. But we need to spend intentional time in solitude, just alone with God, as we hear from Him. And it's even sort of just like, even as you think about the Christian life, it's kind of like we, we need to start in solitude. We have this time in solitude. We also recognize, okay, we, we need like to be discipled. So we have somebody that's helping us to be walking with Jesus or to know kind of what we need to be taking steps to further and fur, further follow Jesus. But then we should then also be helping someone else to be able to follow Jesus more. That's why we, we make disciples who make disciples, who make disciples, right? And we encourage the people that we're meeting with, hey, you should meet with somebody else too and help them. And that's kind of how that should work. So you have time alone, then you have time with just like one or two people, and then you have time in community, and maybe that's like a small group experience or something like that, uh, or maybe that's just good friends that are getting together, and, but you're having deep spiritual conversation, and then you kind of move into then serving, serving in some way, serving those in need, serving our, your community, serving our church family in some way, right? Like, we have all these things. There's more to it than that of the Christian faith. There's worship. There's other things as well, but, but this is like recognizing there's alone, there's a couple people, there's groups, and then there's kind of like going out and engaging. Dallas Willard, this uh, just great philosopher of of religion and theologian of sorts, uh, he's uh, just so, like, has such great writings on some of this stuff. And he says, disciplines of, he calls them disciplines of abstinence and disciplines of engagement. There's some disciplines where we're kind of pulling back, and that's like getting alone with God, that's sitting in silence, that's maybe even fasting. Uh, and then there's disciplines of engagement, and that's even more of like the Bible reading, some, sometimes prayer activities or disciplines of engagement, but going and serving or worship, those are disciplines of engagement. So we need to kind of pull out and get alone with the Lord, and then we can go into the disciplines of engagement. Are you kind of connecting with that? I just want to check in there. Okay, so good. Um, that's what we need. And so when we talk about how we need both solitude and community in the sense of even this deep, real community, that's why, that's why we have life groups, okay? That's like the whole reason. 
Okay? The whole point of having these small groups that meet together is we need that. We need people that are helping us in a group together. We have that, like, to know them, to be known by them, to encourage each other, to challenge each other. And so if you're not in any kind of life group or small group, and honestly, I genuinely could care less if it's part of Calvary Church, okay? Just be in a small group of people, okay? If that's a group of friends that you've, you've had, you know, for 20 years that you've met with and they go to five other churches, I, I'm not here to say be a part of a Calvary life group or you aren't really part of one or something. No, that's absurd, all right? We need to be in small group communities that are caring for one another. Also, if you're in, like, even if you're in a Calvary group that's like 60 to 100 people or something, you probably, like, maybe also need to have something smaller than that, okay? Like, consider, do you have something that you're really being known and challenged by a smaller group of people? And, and so it's important for us. And so that's why we'll just have in the lobby today a bunch of tables with information and people that are connected to different groups that you can connect with. Some of those are ongoing. Some of those are new. There are all sorts of, some have different topics. Some there's kind of just not necessarily like a topic. It's just a group of people that are meeting together in different topics all the time. And that's awesome. We want you to be part of that, okay? So that's what I mean just when we have solitude and community. We need both. We desperately need both. All right, so what are some of these like benefits? What are some of the good things that can come from having time though, focusing in on solitude, okay? This time alone with God. First of all, I would say we hear the voice of God better in silence and solitude. Be still and know that I'm God. The gentle whisper is what's in 1 Kings 19, that God speaking to Elijah in that gentle, still, small voice. We hear God's voice better. Now, I mean, it just seems like a sort of logical thing, right, that we would hear better when we're silent. <laughs> I feel like our whole world needs to learn that. Like, just, just FYI, the way to listen and to actually hear and learn and grow is to shut your mouth and learn from other people and be willing to, to learn. And that's part of why I said, like, we need to be willing to have our minds changed. We might not have it all figured out. So go and be still before God and hear from him. I want to encourage you to do that. And that's what was so good for me, just whether it was, like I said, whether if it was walking some of these hiking trails in Whiting Ranch or up towards Saddleback or if it was sitting in my backyard or if it was in the Swiss Alps. It was like, it was about making space to listen. And as I made space, I felt God speaking to me. And I felt God ministering to my heart, right? Eric, I love you. Just receive my love. Receive that love I have for you. And kind of even restoring in me, like, my heart to, to be a pastor. Restoring in me my heart to just care and love for the people of our church and for our community. There's just so many things that we can get distracted by and involved in. And God was just saying, hey, get back to the core of this. Nothing else. Nothing else matters. So we hear God's voice better. And then we express worship to God in silence. Habakkuk 2.20, but the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. We should be just in awe and dumbstruck by God's wonder 
God's majesty. And we worship him. You can just worship him by just standing in silence. Right? We worship God in that way. Uh, we express faith in God in silence. We don't have to do it all. We don't have to figure it all out. We don't have to control it all. We are so used to that in our regular lives. But Psalm 62.5, let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. Have you had those situations in life? A lot of times that's health. A lot of times that's relationships where there's nothing you can do. There's just nothing you can do. And you have to just trust. Trust. God builds our faith in times of silence before him. I also love Isaiah 30, 15. Only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength. It's this confidence in God and God's power. We can't save ourselves. I think we know that, right? We know we can't save ourselves. So why do we think we can like do everything ourselves to grow our faith and to see God work in ways that we trust in him? And so as we approach him in, in solitude and in silence, we have faith that it is God that will do the work, a settled confidence in him. We are also physically and spiritually restored in silence. Here's another one of these situations where Jesus uh, gets away from the crowds. Mark 6.31. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. Okay, so you're just so busy, you're so full of activity, even activity for God, that you don't even have time to eat. And Jesus is like, okay, we got to get away. We need to rest and be restored both physically and spiritually. And then we regain a spiritual perspective and seek the will of God in solitude. So sometimes we go away and we want to hear from God, Lord, speak in some way that you will show me what you have, like what you want me to do. Jesus did that. Okay, we see that here, Luke 6, 12. One day, soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. And then what does he do the next morning? At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be apostles. So he's praying, he's spending time with the Father. Who will be this core group of these 12 apostles? And he gets away and spends time listening and seeking the will of the Father. How much more do we need to do that as well? And then finally, we learn to control our speech. I think when we just get away and are quiet and are alone and we sit in that silence, it helps us to be the kind of people who are quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I know for me, it was like, I was just kind of in prayer, Lord, I'm just like, I'm so caught up with so much stuff. I'm just caught up with so much stuff of like what's happening at church, what's happening with like big goals and ambitions that I have, things that irritate me and bug me, you know, whatever. Like all those kind of things. They're just like, you're just kind of up here, right? And like we get in these moments of life where you feel like you're up to here about everything, good and bad. And God in that time alone just said, okay, Eric, <sighs> you don't have to be the one that speaks on everything. You don't have to be the one that has an opinion on everything. You don't have to be, like, you, you, you can just relax about a lot of this stuff and trust in me. And I felt like God even settling some of the things that, like, just irritate me in life, right? I found myself just so irritated 
by people that would walk on the, like, on the left side of the sidewalk. <laughs> I found myself irrationally angry about people like walking towards me when I was on the right. And I'm just like, okay, something is wrong here, right? Like I need to relax. And I feel like God was like ministering like to even that kind of stuff in me. And I believe that God wants to minister to you in your own stuff like that. Uh, and so we think, okay, so how do we live out? These are, these are practices, right? These are practices that we want to actually live this out. So what do we do? How do we do this? So here's some just some practical ways for you to live out community and solitude. So obviously community, we talked about life groups would love, you know, love for you to get connected to a life group today. Uh, I also think like smaller even than that, that community, that kind of discipleship, mentorship kind of community, I feel like that's really important. So maybe you need to take a risk into that in some way to ask someone to be a mentor or a discipler to you in your life. Or you take kind of just some risks into deeper friendship with people. Maybe there's people that all you talk about is, is football. Right? Like the whole, it's like five minutes from now it starts. Right? Like <laughs> that NFL starts. Uh, and, and maybe that's like all you talk about. And I can fall into that too. Like, and, and so, but maybe it's like, oh, I'm going to have some people that I just take a risk into deeper friendship, deeper conversation, prayer for one another. And just, so take some steps towards that. And then even just like inviting people over to like for lunch after church or to dinner at your house, like just take steps into deeper community. I think like a lot of us just don't like that or a lot of us even like through some of like the pandemic stuff got kind of like used to sort of being isolated and away from people. And it's like, no, 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 take that step back in, right? Take that step back in. And not just to go to church, but I want you to do that too, of course. But like take that steps back into just hanging out with people and getting into more intentional community. But then solitude. Solitude's probably harder for you is my guess. And for solitude, we need to be able to be intentional about it. You can't just in the same way that you're not going to have people over to your house for dinner unless you send them a text or give them a phone call and invite them over for dinner. In that same way, set an appointment with God. Like, make an appointment with God. Your, your schedule might be full of all sorts of other things. Make appointments with God to spend time alone with him. Encourage you to try and be intentional about how you spend time in solitude. Do, you can try things like set a timer on your phone, you know, where you just say, okay, I'm going to spend five minutes today in silence and being alone. Set a timer, a countdown timer, and just actually stick to it. Then go to 10, then go to 15. And what I'd love for you to do is actually think about setting a goal to spend a half day alone with the Lord. Okay, I don't know, maybe you're, if you're beyond that, cool. But like, just let's start like building your way up to a half day. And that's an intense goal, right? Like I think for a lot of us to say, okay, I'm gonna go be alone and still for a half day. Like sometimes for me, that's like, I need to have these things where I'm spending a couple days away, like at certain times in my life. I do love the whole, like Rick Warren had this thing where he says, divert daily, withdraw weekly, abandon annually. Okay, we've said this on the stage many times. Divert daily, withdraw weekly, abandon annually. And that's just a rhythm of thinking, like I need something a little bit shorter daily, something maybe a little bit longer weekly, and then something a little bit more intensive annually. 
okay? And I need that, that sort of annual, like the full hard restart on my computer, <laughs> you know, the full shut, the full power down and then turn it back on. Like that's kind of like sometimes I think what our, our spiritual lives need is a bit of that. And so just to be able to go away and to be still before God, but to like set yourself a goal. Like today, like say, I want to work towards something like you would anything in life to set like that goal and say, Lord, I want to be able to spend that kind of time. And you find a special place for you um, I would even just recommend this phrase that you see there on the screen. It says, here I am, Lord. Just, here I am, Lord. Here I am. And, like, I, I don't have an agenda about this, but just here I am. And you place yourself, kind of open yourself up to him. And try that. So, for me, walking helps. And that's what was, like, good for me this summer. Because if I, I do sometimes sit in my chair, but sometimes if I sit in, like, my kind of comfy chair in my living room, it's just, like, I'm out. <laughs> you know, I'm just, like, asleep. Uh, and that's okay sometimes, too. Like, I, I even just say rest with him. But, but, like, walking and, like, talking really helps me. Walking and talking out loud as I'm walking, that is very helpful for me. Sometimes I need this complete silence of no music or nothing like that. And sometimes, though, like blasting worship music on my headphones is like actually really helps me connect with the Lord. And so, you know, to have some, some things that are good for you in that way. And so I want to just encourage you in that, like to spend that, that kind of time. I do have some even resources. It's kind of practical. Maybe you want to take a picture of this screen or something, but like... Some, some books and some things that you could think about would be good for all of this. These are some of my personal favorites. There's like a bunch of, of others, but I love Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life by Donald Whitney. It's a little bit of an older book, and I like it. It's always been one that's really helped me. Um, the Spirit of the Disciplines by Dallas Willard that I referred to earlier. He's a little headier, but I think it's really great. Um, there's a book specifically about silence and solitude called Invitation to Solitude and Silence by Ruth Haley Barton. That could be helpful. There's this big handbook. Um, it's got like real practical things that you can do on all sorts of spiritual practices and disciplines. We have that one in the bookstore by Adele Alberg Calhoun. Um, there's a website called practicingtheway.org. That's John Mark Comer, if you've heard of him. He is actually, there's a lot of resources on that website now of ways that you can do these spiritual practices or spiritual disciplines. Um, and he... Uh, He's got a book and like a bunch of stuff coming out this fall actually on that, which is just kind of interesting. It's not quite out yet, but there's a bunch of great resources on that site, and I know there'll be more to come. Uh, I would even just, uh, one of the, I don't, I, I, I highly recommend all of them, but uh, we've been, you know, all these life groups and opportunities and midweek classes, but, you know, we've been talking about for the last year or so here at our church about dependence dependence on God, on the spirit of God. And, and we had some people even going through like a, a, a group last year on um, listening, prayer, and some of these things of seeing the spirit work on spiritual authority, things like that. We have our prayer ministry team, but one of those is uh, called God Speaks. That's starting. Um, and so one of these life groups, and it's by our prayer ministry team and Desiree Elrod, who is our prayer ministry pastor. And so for us just to be able to like dive deeper into that is something I'm really wanting our church to continue doing, to kind of taking steps. God speaks. So let's listen, right? And to listen, you got to shut up. <laughs> so let's like practice that and learn more about that. So that's a, a great opportunity for you. All right. 
Just some kind of concluding thoughts I have on this. This isn't a formula, okay? This isn't about a formula. This isn't about a checklist that you can do to say, I've done my thing of time with God. This isn't about getting your quiet time done for the day. I want you to kind of step outside of this, like, dutiful, obedient mode that, like, we get of, like, did I fill in my star chart as a little kid or something like that? Like, I want us to not think about this as formulaic or rote. This is just walking into the presence of God, and then we won't, we won't know. We won't be able to control what happens in that time. We just say, here I am, Lord, and we spend time with him. This is just about spending time with God, being with God. I don't know what will happen in those times when you're quiet, when you're still, when you're alone. But we just open ourselves up to him. We, we, we don't know. And so get away from the noise. Get away from the busyness. Get away from the tasks and the achievements of life. And just say, Lord, I, I'm here. I submit myself to you. I want to hear from you. I want to be with you. Whether you give me some word that's like some, some thing from God that feels like your whole life has changed, I don't know. Maybe that won't happen. Honestly, probably won't. You'll just be with him. And that's the gift. Being with him is the gift. And this kind of silence and solitude is also a risk. I know a lot of you might feel like you have got all of your fears and anxieties shoved to the back of your head just to survive. And you think, if I spend time in silence, all of that is just going to come roaring to the forefront of my mind, and I'm going to be consumed by my anxieties and my fears. And what I want you to know is that is exactly why you need to be with God. With that, we have to recognize we even more so need to spend time with God to be with him, to allow the spirit of God to minister to us. Our world has convinced us that we are all supposed to be crippled by anxiety and fear, and that's just fine. And there are many people that that is a significant issue for. And then there's a lot of other ones of us that have just been deceived by that. And I want you to know that we have to take those to God. Now, we also need deep prayer, we might need prayer ministry counseling. We might need professional therapy. We might need other things to help us with that, right? But we have to go into this silence with God without fear and with hope and knowing that God will meet us to give us a life that is free of, free of fear, free of worry, rich in faith. And like anything difficult, it's going to take practice. It's going to take some discipline, right? That's why it's a spiritual practice or a spiritual discipline. And I think that silence and solitude will give us this quiet confidence in God himself. I don't have to solve my fears. I don't have to resolve my anxieties. I need to go and to be with God, who is the one that has created the entire universe. The most powerful being in the universe is here with me now. So take that step to him. I want to close this with this quote from A.W. Tozer that says this. Can you guys click along with this, Trevor, in the back? I'm just going to read it. Retire from the world each day to some private spot, even if it be only the bedroom, 
He says, for a while I retreated to the furnace room for want of a better place. Stay in the secret place till the surrounding noises begin to fade out of your heart and a sense of God's presence envelops you. Listen for the inward voice till you learn to recognize it. Stop trying to compete with others. Give yourself to God and then be what and who you are without regard to what others think. Learn to pray inwardly every moment. After a while, you can do this even while you work. Read less, but more of what is important to your inner life. Never let your mind remain scattered for very long. Call home your roving thoughts. Gaze on Christ with the eyes of your soul. Practice spiritual concentration. So let's practice this now. What we want to give us is just a brief moment here. We're going to spend about three minutes here in a moment, okay? So prepare yourselves if you need to put stuff down or whatever. Just kind of take a breath. We're just going to sit here for a moment in silence. It's going to be total silence in the room. It's just three minutes. Try and wait to do anything else. And after that, the band's going to come and to, to just lead us in, in a song that's very kind of still and reflective. And you can just kind of remain seated and just kind of sitting, sitting with God. But you might need to just take a deep breath in and a deep breath out and relax. And just say, here I am, Lord. And just sit there. Just sit. Whatever he might say or do, maybe it's just a moment of peace. And if distractions come, just say it again. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. So, Lord, here we are.